What is up, guys? It is the Blue Bloods, and listen, I'm usually not biased on the show, man. Try to wear some neutral stuff, but we had to pull out the K-State gear today for my man, Reggie Stubblefield, man, former Prairie View A&M defensive back, was on the Wildcats this year for Kansas State as they are coming off a blowout victory over LSU in their bowl game just a few weeks ago, man. Reggie's headed to the NFL, man, and he's here to talk to us about his college career and his journey to the next level. So, Reggie, man, appreciate you coming on the show hey man thank you for having me on the show appreciate it glad to be here absolutely man and so we're gonna we're, we're gonna go through your whole career here on the show man so we got to go way back to the high school days the high school recruiting process for you man we know you eventually wound up at prairie view a&m but what was your recruiting process like coming out of high school who was on you early what schools are recruiting you the hardest and what was the overall experience like yeah, uh, I can go ahead and get to the overall experience, man. It was great, you know, being a high school kid, having the opportunity to, you know, talk to so many different colleges. And just to say that I got to go through it, man, it was an honorable experience, you know what I mean? And just great and fun and, you know, exciting. And my recruiting process was a little up and down, though, you know. Uh, going into my junior year, wasn't really getting looked at by too many teams, but uh, I had a great year. So following that uh, end of my junior year, uh, got some little bit of buzz. Uh, was getting some Big 12 schools, a little bit of a Pac-12 schools. But none of those schools really offered. You know, I was a, a undersized kid coming out of high school. I was really small. At that time, I think I was about 5'9", 5'10", about 155, 160 pounds, soaking wet, trying to play safety. So uh, none of the big schools offered. And it was a couple of small schools. And... Some of the small schools like Prairie View A&M, Sam Houston State, you know, a couple of small colleges that I was stuck to by my side. So going into my senior year, had another great year, but uh, those big schools still didn't offer, you know what I mean? Usually they're done with their recruiting classes by then. So uh, Prairie View and Sam Houston State really stuck by me, and uh, I eventually chose Prairie View A&M, and, you know, that's how it led me here. Hey, man, it was a good decision overall, man. But, you know, outside of them sticking by your side through the recruiting process, what were some of the factors on campus and for the football program that led you to Prairie View? Yeah, so uh, 2016, during that time, uh, Prairie View had just came off a 9-2 and two season. They was coached under uh, Willie Simmons. He's now at FAMU. And uh, him and his coaching staff, man, they did a great job of recruiting me and sticking by my side throughout my whole high school time. And uh, one thing that surprised me about Prairie View is uh, I never took a visit. Well, I didn't take a visit there, never had knew nothing about it. But when I actually took my official visit, uh, and I fell in love. I fell in love with the people. I always, you know, enjoyed the coaching staff and stuff like that. But it shocked me how beautiful of a campus Prairie View was, how like family oriented they was, man. It was just so much fun and exciting for a kid during that time. And, you know, they was coming off a big win, big, uh, big winning season. Uh, and they were just about to get the new facilities and stuff, man. Uh, upgraded stadiums, upgraded locker rooms, you know, upgraded weight rooms. And it was just, the picture was looking perfect. You know what I mean? Coming off a nine and two season, almost making the SES playoffs back in 2016. It was crazy. So, all the hype and just everything around it, man. I loved it. And like I said, I had a great relationship with the coaching staff and it led me to Prairie View. 
Yeah, and I mean, you mentioned you were recruited by Willie Simmons, and of course, you know, Air Dooley comes in behind him. Was there any? Was there ever any thought process to follow Willie Simmons to FAMU when he took that job at Florida A and M? Yeah, it actually was. I think that uh, situation happened at the end of my sophomore year when he uh, eventually left to FAMU, and just having that strong connection with him, strong bond, uh, knowing the scheme, the type of uh, coach that he is, you know. I kind of did want to go with him over there at FAMU, but during that time, uh, it was still the transfer rule to where you have to sit out a year. You know, it's not like it is today, so it was just a lot of stuff that I wouldn't be able to do. I think I would have to graduate. I was only a sophomore at that time, so, you know, I eventually wanted to just stay at Prairie View when I uh, met Eric Dooley and got to talk to him. He kept a, co- he kept a couple coaches on the staff, uh, Bubba McDowell, who's now the head coach at Prairie View, so... I had a great relationship with him because he recruited me too. And uh, once I got to meet Eric Dooley, know him, and, you know, stuck with my team, you know, it was still a great decision. You know, I fell in love with uh, Coach Dooley, man. He's a great dude, great man. And it's the reason why he's getting all his success there too. So I wanted to follow Coach Simmons, but, you know, I had to stay where I was at. And it was a good decision. It paid off. Oh, it definitely did. He kind of headed off my next question, man, because Eric Dooley's been in the news a lot this offseason, took the job at Southern after leading Prairie View all the way to the SWAC championship, man. You know, knowing him like you do, what do you think he's going to do down at Southern and what makes him such a successful head coach in the SWAC? Not only can you just talk about his resume, his experience in the SWAC, you know, that he played in the SWAC. He was coached under the legendary Eddie Robinson. I mean, he has winning championships at every school that he's been at. I mean, he made it at, He made it to the championship game at Prairie View. Didn't win it, but still, like, just to get him there, like, everywhere he goes, he's successful. And I think the main thing that makes him so successful is his confidence. You know, the confidence that he has in himself and the confidence that he puts in his players. He believes that his players are going to win every one-on-one matchup. And I think – what makes him so good as a coach, too, is he's so aggressive. He's not scared to take a risk. Like, Eric Eric Dooley will shoot it out with any team in the nation. He doesn't care if you're the University of Houston, University of Arizona. He doesn't care who he plays. Like, he's going to try to put up numbers on the board, and I think that's what makes him a great coach, you know, when he gets great players that buy into his scheme, buy into his beliefs. I mean, it could be dangerous, you know, because he's going to take his shots. And if people actually pay attention to him, that's what he does. He's an offensive-minded coach. You know, and uh, just his faith with God, you know, that was one of the biggest things that kept me with him, too, throughout the whole years. And, you know, he's just a consistent man every day. You know, he's going to show up to work and he has business on his mind. And that's one of the things he always tells us is straight business. So I think those are the things that makes him successful as a coach. Oh, man, I like it. I'm excited to see what he does down there in Southern. Their recruiting class is amazing right now, even yeah. just after a few months. But we got to get into the reason that you entered the transfer portal. What factors played into that decision, and what was your recruiting process like in the transfer portal? Yeah, so my factors and what it was like uh, in the portal, man, uh, I honestly, my situation was different from a lot of kids that enter the portal now. You know, I wasn't a backup kid, or I didn't have no sticky situation that kind of, happened to where I had to find a new school, you know, it was, I had the opportunity because I made the best of my career at Prairie View. And one of the things that the scouts always wanted to see from me is that they want to see me play against bigger competition. So, you know, I had a great career at Prairie View. You know, I did some great things there and, you know, it was just that time to take that next big step. And I was able to earn that by what I did and all the hard work that I put in. So my uh, recruiting process during the transfer portal, 
the moment I hit it, man, so many coaches hit me up. It was kind of funny because I didn't even know I was in the portal yet. You know, it's type of wavering information that you got to sign through the NCAA. And the moment my phone gets to ring and gets to buzzing, that's when I figured out, like, okay, I must be in here now. Coaches from everywhere was hitting me up, man. And one of the things that I did that I uh, really wanted to focus on going into the portal was I was going to give every school their respect. I didn't care if you was an NAIA, a D1AA. Like, I still wanted to build a relationship with those coaches because football, it brings so many relationships, and it's just not – ending you know just now you know what i mean and i wanted to just show those coaches you know like this type of player that i am you know maybe we'll meet down in the long road or something like that so my recruiting process in the portal man it was fun it was exciting it was way better than it was in high school you know i got a lot of looks a lot of from a lot of different places and uh kansas state came in at the last minute it's kind of sort of and uh i just fell in love with him man i fell in love with chris Chris Kleinman, because he was an FCS coach, you know, he knows that his talent on that level, you know, he didn't play around with me, you know, he got straight to the point. He said he wanted me, you know, that he loved me. He loved me on film. And once I got to talk to my defense coordinator and DB coach, Coach Kleinman, Coach Malone, man, it was strictly football. And they told me that they was going to take care of me. And those are some of the biggest things that you want from a coach. Like, I wasn't in. This is my second go around. My second go around in the recruiting process. You know, I wasn't into the flashy things like where well, I'm gonna stay at or what the uniforms look like. Like, nah, that's you know little kid stuff. And I always like straight business. You know what I mean? Like, what's the scheme like? You know, how y'all gonna use me? Stuff like that. And you know, they gave it to me. You know, truthfully and honest, and something I can you know always respect and buy into. So, man, it was fun. And you know, Kansas State came away with it. They did, and. All Big 12 honorable mention in your first year in the Big first 12 year. in Kansas State. So paid off in a big way, man. Had an outstanding career. And as someone who was there to witness it all, out, outstanding season. Absolutely, man. But, but you mentioned head coach Chris Kleiman, of course, best known for his time at North Dakota State. I mean, he's won more national championships than coaches could even dream of <laughs> at this point. And he's yeah. building something at Kansas State. I thought this year, in my, in my fan opinion, that – a few injuries away from possibly going to the Big 12 championship, in Man. my opinion. It, it, I thought that team was good enough, and I, I will yeah. stand on that on this show any day for any subscribers that want to debate it. But what is he any like day. behind the – any day. But um, what is Chris Kleiman like behind the scenes, man? What is his relationship like with the team and the players in the locker room? Yeah, I appreciate you, man, because I could tell you actually pay attention to the game, man. <laughs> but Chris Kleiman, man, behind the scenes, man, He's a grinder. He works so hard and he's so consistent. I think that's what makes him better than any coach I have ever been around. Just because every day, day in, day out, we know what our schedule is going to be like. We know it's going to be the same. He knows what, you know, we know what to expect out of him. And he expects the same thing out of us. Like, it's hard work here at Kansas State, man. It's a grind. Like, from the the moment we wake up to the moment moment we go to sleep, man, we're going to know that we put in work, man. He's a He's a great dude, man, like so great, man. He tries to do everything for his players, man. He cares about his players. He cares about he cares about K-State, man. He really loves K-State, man. And I think those are some of the things that just makes him so successful. Like for him to just do the things that he has to do as a coach every day, man, and just to see him work, man, it's it's crazy. It's It's unbelievable, man. Like this Power 5 level is no joke, man, like. It's 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 hard it's hard work, you know what I mean? And Chris Kleiman knows that, man, and he doing a great job. I truly believe like K State's gonna get a big twelve championship here soon, man. He's building a great foundation, man. And I just think people just continue to buy into his system and stuff like that. 
like things are gonna get turned around here and they already are so man just he's a great person man it's like so many things i can say but i mean that what it comes down to like his consistency his hard work like we're working hard every single day man and you know those are the things that makes him successful and that's just what he is behind the scenes Oh, man, I like it. You see it. You see the passion in the press press conferences and everything yeah. like that as well. But I mentioned you were already all Big 12 honorable uh, honorable mention this year, man. But looking at your game as a whole, what would you what grade would you give your 2021 season at Kansas State? You know, I'm always going to be critical of myself and tough. Right? Some people say, man, you what you did in a year after you already played a football season in the spring only having a, uh, like a two-week process to come in here, learn the playbook, get adjusted to the team and stuff like that. Like, people say, like, I had an A-plus season, you know what I mean? But some of the things I wanted to do, like win the Big 12 championship, that stuff didn't get done. So, like, that lowers the grade automatically. Uh, I missed a few games because of some injuries, you know, that lowers the grade. So, I mean, it's – I mean, I'm proud of myself, you know, to come in and get all Big 12. And, you know, my first year to solidify a spot on the team, on the Power 5 level, you know what I mean? And some of the things that I did on the defensive side, like holding some of the best guys that's going to be in this draft or just best guys in the Big 12, like dominating them, man. It was impressive, but I think I'd say like a B or something just because we didn't get that championship game, you know what I mean? And I felt like it's just so much I could have did, you know, but, you know, it's in the past. I can't really do nothing about it, but, yeah, i say like a B. I'll 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 let that one slide. But I gotta sometimes I gotta like call players up. They're like, yeah, I had a D minus season, but I had an All American award and this. Yeah. I'm like, you can't give yourself a D, man. You gotta at least give yourself a little bit of credit. So I'll take a B for you, man. But yeah. this kind of goes along with what you were talking about, man. This is a tough question. What's one game from this season you wish you could play one more time? <sighs> one more time? What game I wish I could have back? Uh, do let's let's do wish wish you could have back. Wish I could have back. You know, uh, I had a great coming out game. Not well. I mean, Stanford people say that was a great coming out game for me, first game of the season. And then uh, I followed that up in week three when we played against Carson Strong, and I dominated on man top quarterback in the draft. And that following week, we played Oklahoma State, and I was out for injury. And Skyler was out. Man, we had a couple guys that was banged up that didn't even get to travel. So. I really wish I would have had the Oklahoma State game back, man, because I think that would have just gave us so much energy, you know, so much confidence, you know, going into the season, which, I mean, that next week we played OU. I was coming back off of injury, so I was playing some limited reps. But probably that Oklahoma State game, man, just having to sit home and watch my guys on TV, you know, go through the things that they did, having to fight all that adversity that game. I wish I could have been there. It's one of the games I wish I could have back. I mean, I didn't play in it, but you know what I mean? Like, just to be able yeah. to be out there with my team, be able to compete, because I promise, and our guys know in our locker room, like, if we used to play Oklahoma State nine times out of ten again, like, we'll win. You know what I mean? Like, yes. we're winning that game with Skyler and me back. Like, I know it's unfortunate, but, yeah, I say Oklahoma State. I'm probably Oklahoma. 
Uh, I like that answer, and I will I will back you on that. Anytime you got an argument, call me up because <laughs> I, I was I was at the game where Skyler got hurt, man, and I don't think people realize how much Skyler Thompson means to that offense. I mean, yeah. the entire energy of the stadium changed man. when Skyler went down. I mean, he means so much to Kansas State on that offense, and you being one of the defensive leaders, I mean, and still almost beat Oklahoma State with yeah. all the adversity y'all had. So I will stand on that, that K-State's beating Oklahoma State is a fully healthy team. But yeah. you, you, the game of the, the game that defines y'all season, man, the domination of LSU, and domination might not even be the right word. I mean, you guys <laughs> put on one of the best performances I've seen as a student of Kansas State. For you, man, how important was that to the program, and how much did that mean to you in your final game to dominate an S- a former national championship team just two, two years, years removed like that? Two yep. years ago. Yeah, man, I think it was so important for K-State, man, just because it goes to show the type of program that we have. We have players that aren't caught up in opting out or trying to leave the program. Like, everybody decided to stay and play in that game, and it wasn't just because, like, we had to. It's just the fact that we love K-State and we're like a family atmosphere. Like, I tell everybody that in any interview, any conversation that I ever have with anybody, K-State is family, and you see that. And I wanted, like, I wanted people to see that throughout that bowl game, and that's what they saw. Like, we cared so much about the program, the staff, the fans, everybody around us that we wanted to play in that game and dominate, and that's exactly what we did. And I think it was such a big game for me just because, Going, yeah, like you say, playing against some great guys, great talent, no matter if they was backup starters, five-star kids, you know, and going out there and dominating them. And just to, you know, feel like I said before the game, they was out there, you know, talking mess, saying that they was going to do this, do that, and just to go out there and dominate them and show that we play ball here too, you know what I mean? Like, it's just not Kansas when you think of that. Like, we play football, you know what I mean? And, like, I think it was – very important, you know, just to get that dominant win and just to send a message like we're here, you know what I mean? Like we're a good team. Like we deserve this bowl game. You know, it wasn't no fluke that we was here. So just to send a message, you know, the type of team that we are, the type of program that we are and that we're tough. I think that was very important. Oh, man, I agree. And I was telling people, I was like, put all your money on Kansas State. Going in the game, and it's not even going to be close. Because, I mean, like you said, nobody opted out for Kansas State. And you guys went out there and had a great performance, man. But you mentioned this a little bit about how tough P5 football is. For you, mm-hmm. playing playing on the field, what are the biggest differences you notice between high-level FCS football and Power 5 football? Yeah, so uh, one of the obvious that we all know, the obvious things, is money. You know what I mean? Money can bring a lot of things. It brings in more coaches, brings in more resources. Uh, that was one of the biggest differences, you know, SES, P5. Like, even if you're at North Dakota State, Prairie View, like, it doesn't matter. The the money separation that it is from K-State to other places or just any P5 program, it's a big difference. And those are one of the things that play into a big part of having a different type of program. But uh, I think – one of the things that really play into it too is just population of different cities, different places, or just even the support. You know what I mean? Like great K State here, they have a great fan base, great alumni, great students. You know, it's one of the things that you usually don't get on the SES level because there's so many small cities or small places that are trying to play out, go out there and play football. So that's one of the biggest differences that you can say between the SES and P5 level. I mean, it's the obvious, though, if people actually pay attention and, you know, focus on the game. So I think just 
more P5 schools, though, they actually do a great job of promoting their football teams, though. You know, sometimes at Prairie View, you know, some students would even realize that it was a game on Saturday. Like, those are things that used to shock me. But K-State, you know, the whole city is going to sell out. You know what I mean? Like, places are going to shut down to go to that game. They can't miss it. So, it's one of those things. Oh, yeah. And, man, living there, if you weren't going to the game, might as well sit at the house and watch it because you weren't <laughs> driving anywhere in Manhattan uh, on game day, man. But, you know, looking at your game from the freshman that stepped on campus at Prairie View to the Reggie Stubblefoot I'm talking to now, graduated from K-State, all Big 12 selection, how has your game evolved from freshman year until now? Yeah, so, like I said, during my recruiting process, you know, I was 150, 160 pounds soaking wet. So I knew that was one of the things that I needed to change going into the college level. Like, every day, day in, day out, I focused on changing my body. Like, I gained, like, 35 pounds from my freshman year. It's crazy. But, you know, that's the type of work that I put in. And then just always being a student of the game, I love the game of football. Like, I'm going to always focus in on the details, watching film, stuff like that. But actually being around great coaches and just working on my technique you know, small things. Like, I would always, you know, be in the right position, right things, but it'd be like a technical thing that I mess up on or wasn't aware of that, you know, it separate me from making that play my freshman year to now. So just being a technical guy and then just becoming more, you know, mature and having that veteran leadership to, you know, put myself in the best position and just get familiar with the game. You know, I truly believe the more football that you play and study, you know, you're going to get better. So, you know, those are some of the things that made my game evolve from being a young guy. Oh, man, I like it. And, you know, looking at your game as a player, man, which which NFL player or former NFL player mm. do you think your game models the most? Oh, that's hard. <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny because I tell people I'm an Eagles fan because Brian Dawkins, I love the energy that he brought to the game. You know what I mean? And I love Charles Woodson because he was so versatile. Charles Woodson and guys like Ty Matthew, you know, they can play anywhere in the secondary. But, you know, who do I model my game after the most? It'll probably have to be Ty Matthew, you know, just because he's going to line up everywhere. A guy like Darren James, maybe, you know, like those guys, they don't care where they're at on the field, you know, just put them somewhere. You know what I mean? They're going to go out there and go try to make a play. So I think those are the guys, you know, Ty Matthew, Darren James, Buda Baker, you know, just being versatile, being one of those guys who, you know, just line up, coach, I'm trying to go make a play. So, yeah, that's kind of one of those guys, something like that. I like it. And I can also see the passion, too, because Tyron and Derwin James are real just vocal leaders on the team. And I think you mm-hmm. saw that this year at Kansas State, man. But, you know, I, I know I was when I was playing, I was super I was very superstitious. I had to listen to one song yeah. before I went on the field and <laughs> wear certain things a certain way, man. Walk me through your pregame routine. Yeah. So it's kind of funny. Uh, I don't really just have too much of a set pregame routine. I like to, you know, make sure I get a good you know, pregame meal in, nice, get a nice little pump in, nice little stretch, nice little warm up, you know, and those are things that's really just consistent. You know, I don't really have too much of a superstitious thing, you know what I mean? I just like to go in there and make sure my body's warm, make sure my feet are underneath me, you know what I mean? Make sure I got, like I said, a nice little pump on my body and just lock in on my details, my scouting report. So, I know guys usually have these crazy superstitions like wearing this sock or putting this sock on this way or something like that. Nah, I'm never really just into that. Just 
keeping it simple, man. It's just me. <laughs> but hey, it worked out very well. <laughs> if it's not broke, don't fix it, man. But I know, I know you play safety, so you you probably don't catch yourself in one on one situations as much as a cornerback. But for you, if you're one on one with a wide receiver, what's the number one mistake they got they can make against you? Yeah, I think uh, a lot of times too, and I've figured that out this year. If you're not going to change up what you do, you do throughout the game, or if you're not changing up how you did some things your previous weeks on film or something like that. I think that's one of the biggest things receivers can make, you know, as a mistake. Like, you know, you're doing the same thing that you would do on the same route or on the same down and distance. Like, those are some of the things that I pick up so easy on. And I'm just so able to, like, clue in and just lock into, like, the small details, you know. So I think that was one of the things that separated my game and, was able to help me, you know, lock down some of the best receivers in the Big 12 this year. So, you know, if the receiver ain't switching it up or they don't have no savvy into their game, those are one of the things they can they can just mess up on and just make a mistake going against me. <laughs> I like it, man. He said, if you're not creative, no catches for you today. You might get the first <laughs> one. No, no more after that, man. And, you know, I know DBs, uh, y'all get a very bad rap for trash talking. Every wide receiver I've had on here says, yeah, these don't listen to them. They all talk trash. But for mm-hmm. you, do you talk a lot of trash during the game? Yeah, so I don't I don't say nothing until something is said to me. Like, I think that was one of the biggest things that was, like, over, like, not, you know, like, overlooked this year. Like, I didn't go into no game. Like, oh, I'm finna just, the moment I see him, I'm finna, da, 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 da. like, nah, like. I like to talk with my team, like get my guys pumped, you know, pumped up and hyped, you know what I mean? Like just to get them going. But the moment I hear something coming out of players, like the opponent's mouth sideways, I'm like, okay, here we go. Like <laughs> now I got to shut you up. So, I mean, yeah, I'm a trash talker because I know guys are going to talk, but, you know, that's what makes the game fun too. Like going out there talking and then you shut them up, you know what I mean? You lock them up or something like that. So I guess you could say, yeah. <laughs> I like it. And so, I mean, you know, outside of yourself, who's the biggest trash talker on Kansas State? Ooh. Man. We got some guys now. <laughs> we got some guys out right there. I think uh, I have to say, like, one of my best friends, one of the guys that I love playing with. You know, it's tough, though, because they're both one of my guys, one of my best friends. Like, Jerome McPherson, J-Mac, were probably rushies. Like, they going to back it up, like. If you say something to them, like it's over with. Like they go, yeah, man. They them two, shoot, they might be killing me. They gonna talk to MS, man. So yeah, probably them too. I like it, man. I like it. But you know, this could go back to Prairie View. This could this could be at K State. You could pick one each if you need to, but mm-hmm. or even on your own team. Who is the best offensive player you've ever had to go against? Skylar Thompson. Oh, Thompson, easy, yeah. huh? Easy. Easy. Skylar Thompson, man. Just He's just so smart. He's just so smart, and not not only is he so smart, man. He's he can be dangerous when he's so healthy. Like him being able to run, pass. Like I was telling guys uh, throughout the whole year. Like one of my biggest things is I wanted to catch a pick on Skylar Thompson throughout you know the whole year in practice, and I never did. It was so crazy. Like I had to drop it, or I was like an inch close from picking them off, and. That's just what makes Skyler so good. He's really efficient. Like, he's smart, he's efficient, and, you know, he's a leader. Like, if he gets a team behind him, he gets them rallied. Like, 
Skyler can do anything, man. And you can see it in some of his career games, big wins that he got. So definitely Skyler, man. I think number two would have to be Deuce. I was about to say, yeah, yeah that I guy mean, is different. He's gonna, he's a yeah. future, he's a superstar, man. Yeah, man, like dude, he's definitely a superstar, man. And it's kind of funny because uh, I used to always tell guys too. Uh, I played against a running back that was uh, familiar, like similar to Deuce. Uh, if you followed the swag, his name was Dwayne Tucker at one point at Prairie View, and uh, going against him my whole four years, it actually helped me get ready for Deuce. Like, so. I think what makes Deuce so special, though, is not only what you see on the field, but just the simple fact that he's doing it as a sophomore, and he does it consistently day in, day out. Like, for him to be that size, for him to be able to catch the way he does, he runs routes great. He has great hands. He knows his scheme, man. He's able to run that rock like nobody else. So, yeah, Skyler and Deuce Vaughn, definitely. I mean, I know I know he don't get his credit. Arguably, in my opinion, best running back in, in probably college football, man. That, yeah, that, that, that guy's different, especially, like you said, true freshman season. I believe he led the entire country in receiving yards for running backs. And I mean, <laughs> he's just he's different. But I, I know, listen, I, I went to K-State. I know how amazing Bill Snyder Stadium is and how loud it can get. And it's an underrated environment. But outside of Kansas State, who had the best environment this season? Ooh. I didn't get to travel against Oklahoma State, so I didn't get to experience that. I heard it was a pretty good environment. Mm. Let's see. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. Because some of those teams that you would say that would have the best environment, we played them at home this year. You know, we oh, had yeah. Oklahoma at home. We had West Virginia at home. Iowa State. Uh... I really don't honestly can't remember our last couple games that we had. I think I think University of Texas. And I would say that if Texas gets to winning, they get that culture back, you know, the way that they did in the early 2000s, that's a dangerous place to play at, not only because of the talent that they have on their team, but if those fans actually come to those games, man, it gets real loud in that stadium. So, yeah, most definitely. I would have to say Texas. I like it, and I, it, it, it just keep to keep the rivalry alive. I knew it wasn't Kansas because that's a home game for Kansas State every <laughs> home year. Home game, yeah, that's a home game for sure. They're begging fans to come to, to go see the Jayhawks play, man, and just to keep the sunflower rivalry alive, man. <laughs> but I mean, these last two questions, man, you know, a little bit more personal for you, you know, but despite all the accolades, all the praise you get, man, for being an mm-hmm. amazing college football player, what keeps you motivated year in and year out? Uh, honestly, man, just some of the core goals, core values that I have for myself. It ain't just the opportunity to like play on the team, man. Like football is so special being in a locker room, being surrounded by guys that come from so many different areas, different places that you get to learn about. And just the experience that football gives you as a, as a guy, like the learning experiences that you have, the adversity that you get to go through. I think those are some of the things that keep me motivated just because you go out there and you want to do your best every day. So it's just, it's not too big of a, you know, saying or anything like that, or I guess you can say like answer. I mean, it's just being around a team. You know what I mean? You want the best for your guys. You want to go in and you want to give those guys your all every day. So, I mean, that's just one of the things that keep me motivated, man. Not want to let nobody down and just, want to be able to get better every day and succeed and win. I mean, simple. 
Amen. I like it. And, you know, I, I, you know, being an analyst, I'm one of those psychopaths that watch like the uh, watch all the rounds of the NFL draft. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to hear your name called, man, in the NFL draft this April. And I'm excited to see where you go, man, and what you achieve in the NFL. But when when a scout, a GM asks you, what are they going to get if they draft Reggie Stubblefield in in this upcoming NFL draft? What do you tell them? Uh, I think they're going to get a special type of guy, man, just because I'm a leader, man. I'm so versatile, man, and I do anything for my team to win. You know, those are some of the things that you just can't measure, like my heart, you know, my competitive edge. You know, I'm going to go in and want to learn and get better every day. And, you know, some of the things that just get slept on so much with me and people don't know about unless you're in a locker room with me or you're hanging out with me in a meeting is my IQ for the game. You know, I love football. Like, this is what I do day in, day out. Like, I stay up watching this so all day, 24-7. So, man, I think you're just going to get a guy who actually loves the game so much and is, like, willing to do anything. I mean, like, even my story from coming to K-State, like, I was going to find a way to get here. You know what I mean? Like, even when I'm going to hear a no or something like that, I'm going to turn that into a yes, you know? So, so many people can doubt me or underestimate me or anything, man. I'm just going to go out there and, figure out a way to prove them wrong, stuff like that. So I think whatever NFL team give me, man, like they're going to get a blessing, you know what I mean? And it's going to be one of those like diamonds in a rough type team. So, yeah, most definitely. Oh, man. Listen, as, as a fan of K-State, I got lucky enough to watch you play my, my last year at K-State, and my Dolphins really need a safety to go next to Javon <laughs> Holland. So if any Dolphins guys are listening, draft my guy Reggie, man. Reggie, yeah. you and Javon Holland in the back end with, with the two corners we got for the Dolphins, man, would be unstoppable. So we need <laughs> that to happen, Dolphins. Make it happen. But, we man, Reggie – Thank you so much for coming on, man. This one meant a lot to me, you know, being mm-hmm. a K-State student again to watch your journey from Prairie View to Kansas State, man. But, you know, you're headed to the NFL now, man. So let people know where they can keep up with your journey on social media, any other platforms you may be on, any NIL deals or deals you got set up, man, that you need to plug and shout out. This time is yours to talk about whatever you want, man. Yeah, most definitely, man. Shout out to everybody, you know, that's been around me, man. Uh, through the good and bad, man, every everything man i learned from it man and i'm so appreciative of it man uh you can follow me on social media man just type in my name reggie stubblefield i'm pretty sure anything will pop up so uh no not really got too much on my mind to really say right now i'll probably think of something later and be like oh i should have said that but no nah, man i'm just <laughs> thankful for it all man thankful for k-state i'm thankful for pair of you thankful guys like you like man i'm so appreciative man so can't say thank you enough Oh man, no! The, 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 that, thank you so much for coming on here, man. This one, this one was a big one, guys. Make sure to go follow Reggie on all social media platforms, man. Keep up with his journey to the NFL, and of course, rock with you know, buy a jersey when he gets drafted, man. <laughs> support my guy Reggie. Gosh, Get a jersey, man. something, anything like that, man, to support my man. But listen, guys, for Reggie, myself, and the Blue Bloods, we are out for right now. <laughs>